Metal Cop! Hey, bitch! Getting after it on a Thursday afternoon or wherever you are listening to this, whatever time it is, you are in control. You are the consumer. That's how podcasts work. You get to listen on your time. So thanks for including us in your day. It's weird. I guess I knew it was Thursday just by the schedule of our life. Yeah. But I don't know if I truly knew it was Thursday. Like, it honestly just kind of feels like a, a day. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of lost in my days. Yeah, I would argue non-football season, especially this time of year, the, the, the schedule is always, you always know what day it is during football season, right? Yeah. Because you're never more than, you're never more than two days away from a game. Tuesdays, point. Yeah. you were a game behind you, and you're two, you know, I guess really you're Wednesday, you're two days away from a game. You're never more than two days away during the football season. And then even Think the great about part about like Fridays and Saturdays, like you go out to dinner Friday, there's just a college football game on in the background, right? Yeah. Of just wherever. Saturday, it's just all day greatness. Even if the game's like, you're like, God, Saturday kind of sucked. It still wasn't that bad because you had football on all day. Because a lot of Saturdays, are probably not as good as we think they are, but they're just entertaining because there's just so many products on television. You're like, I got a game on like every other channel, especially by like noon. You're like, Jesus, there's a lot going on. I know. Uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, check out the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel and go to iTunes and leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate it. We're, we're, we're getting closer. We're knocking on the door of a thousand reviews. It helps the podcast out if you could review us there. Leave a question in that review. That's the mailbag question. And name drop your favorite bar wherever you live. Doesn't have to be near us. Doesn't have to be in America. Wherever you are, what's your favorite spot to go hang? What's your favorite bar? Leave that in your uh, review slash mailbag question as well. Yeah. Uh, also, we have this thing. Uh, I don't know. You've heard of this guy named Mark Zuckerberg. He went to Harvard. He developed this kind of uh, place to hang out on the inter- internet called yep. Facebook. Uh, and so we developed a page, Hayward Middlecoff page. You can go there. You can like the page. We throw up a lot of different stuff. We'll be, continue to be more interactive. As football season comes, you put mailbag questions. Also, you can leave questions there as well. Again, Zuckerberg, this guy, he's paid a lot of money. Facebook. Dot com. You probably have developed your own independent page on there. Just come find us. Very easy. Hey, Ruben Middlecoff, like the YouTube page. And uh, and yeah, content, content, more content. I'm actually, John, since we're doing, you know, for people who are watching the live version of this, there in the description is a link to our Facebook page, specifically a spot where you can leave a mailbag question. So if you're watching this stream, go right now. Just click that link. Open a new window. Leave us a mailbag question on the Facebook page. Just follow the link in the YouTube description. Leave us a mailbag question there, and we'll take a few Facebook mailbag questions. Uh, maybe if you get one in today. You know one thing that just hit me? Maybe we should also develop a LinkedIn page and just like for the podcast. I do actually, you know, I get people to DM me on LinkedIn. I don't necessarily scroll LinkedIn like some people maybe, but I, I clearly a lot of people are there. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that might be something to jot that down. Just hit, hit my mind. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. I'm an idea guy. I like Try it. Try to thr- you know, thrive on ideas. Joe Judge never got a job that he tried to get. <laughs> no. Flying coach. I don't think there's a better arm of marketing for the Flying Coach podcast than Haberman and Middlecoff. No, there's not. I mean, and luckily, you know, the main host that had the idea originally, Schrager, knows that. 
uh, and knows our love for it. They had Tomlin and Raheem Morris on yesterday. There were some quotes on there that like, if Sean McVay, he wouldn't be, he couldn't work for the Maras and talk like he talked. And again, I football coaches swear. Tomlin was swearing like it's not, and it wasn't like that many swear words. But it's just, it's pr- he can kind of do whatever he wants, you know. And he's younger. I don't even think he's yeah. thinking about it, and he shouldn't. <laughs> But like an older coach wouldn't probably talk like that. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about this on Wednesday while I was driving, listening to the Joe Judge. And you and I have talked about this. And we've talked to you and I have talked to Peter Schrager about this. Um, But the uh, like, it's pretty crazy that Sean McVay just has a podcast where he just talks about coaching his football team. But, you know, a lot of coaches do an interview like, they'll do a podcast, they'll appear on the team, website, podcast, whatever. But this is a whole different thing. Like, he just sits there, commits a couple of hours to setting up some audio equipment, and hosting a podcast. John, well, I, they, I'm sure I'm sure they went to his office and set him up, don't you think? Yeah, but I just mean like, okay, uh, hey, Sean, we're talking to Mike Tomlin at 1. Cool. He's got to flip the thing on at 1230, make sure everything's connected, you know, just take some time out of his day. I'm just saying, I don't think it gets enough credit for how much of an outlier it is that Sean McVay hosts a podcast. Now, it's whatever. It's 10 episodes, limited run. Schrager's awesome. They're both awesome. I, I just don't think it gets... If you're just like, Kyle Shanahan's hosting a podcast, 10 episodes, you'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's... I, 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 don't think, I don't think people quite realize either how often these coaches get requested to talk and immediately shoot it down just because it's not worth it. What... I think it's an underrated part about, I know Schrager hypes up the Rams brand. I don't think it's very big. I mean, I think Sean's a big brand. Yeah. But like. Sean elevates it. For example, I have a couple close friends that are tight with Stefanski. So I was like, you know, I, 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 I shot him an email, asked him to come on the podcast, just see what he'd say. And his response, he immediately responds and goes, uh, thanks for reaching out. I'm going to have to decline. And I just think he probably, and he, it was a personal email. He shot it right back. And I did the same thing. Joe Douglas, same type response, even though he kind of forwarded to his media guy. I don't think any one of these guys wants any part of Joe Douglas on Zach Wilson, Kevin Stefanski on Baker Mayfield's contract. Like Sean doesn't even give a shit, which honestly is kind of refreshing. But I also think no one's really cutting up what he's saying with the Rams. They are not really covered like, I would say, the majority, the Vikings, the Browns, the Steelers. Like, they don't really, the Niners, right? Kyle goes on there. Everyone's taking every one of his quotes. If Kyle hosted a podcast, it'd be incredible for me and you. It would give us so much content. Like, Sean doesn't, and Sean says stuff. He doesn't get that in-depth, I guess, but still, he talks. Yeah. Raheem Morris who with Tomlin and they're all kind of intertwined because they work together in Tampa is his defensive coordinator. Can you imagine if like Kyle's hosting this podcast had on D'Amico Ryans and the equivalent who would, you know, and Mike Tomlin, you'd be like, Oh my fucking God, how many topics are we going to talk about this for the next two weeks? (laughs) It's true. It really is true. I'm sad it's over. Yeah. he, He dropped a line like Raheem Morris, they, he was with the staff with Kyle in Washington. Yeah. And Sean McVay, and they all became buddies. Raheem's younger and had him over to like dinner. Sean, like, and LaFleur and LaFleur's wife had him over for drinks, you know, in the offseason. 
and he opens up the cabinets and there's a bunch of Tampa Bay cups. And I think it was I think it was LaFleur's wife is like, damn, aren't you mad they just fired you? He's like, are you crazy? They made me rich, bitch. That's what Sean McVay said. I'm like, damn. He just said, and that's what he said. But it's like, it's it's as unfiltered as you'll ever get a head coach in NFL history. This is fantastic. Publicly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, John, let's tell the people about our friends at wineaccess.com slash ham. If you're listening, if you're watching, if you're listening, you can see us holding up our latest bottles of uh, this uh, Pinot Domaine Nico from uh, Mendoza, Argentina. Wineaccess.com slash ham, 20% off the best bottles of wine in the world. Guy, yeah, I don't know about you. I love a good Pinot. I absolutely love a good Pinot. It's my go-to wine. And we had them send us a bunch. You need to crack that. I've already cracked it. The Domain Nico, it's fantastic. We had, when we watched Trey Lance a couple weeks ago, we had another bottle of Pinot. I still have a third bottle of Pinot in my uh, wine collection that I eventually need to drink. You go to wineaccess.com slash ham. If you like Pinots, you like Cabs, whatever you like, you can find it individually. You can search by regions, right? You can go Sonoma. You can go Napa. All these different, you know, different vineyards around really the world. And here's the thing. For a wine to get on wineaccess.com slash ham, there are $300, $400 bottles of wine. There are $20 bottles of wine. So the price points are, you can find anything you're looking for. But whether it's a $20 bottle of wine, whether it's a $200 bottle of wine, the only the best make it, right? They choose one in every 18 wines. So they're right. not just letting anyone through. It's like the NFL. You just, you got to be the best of the best to make it. That's the same thing with wine access. It's probably even harder when based on the numbers. Think how many bottles of wine there are. And wineaccess.com slash ham. You get 20% off your first uh, purchase. I, I can't recommend it enough. I'd order a Pinot right now if I were to listen. I'm looking right now, John. This uh, The uh, South American uh, Pinot Noir here. Uh, $30 a bottle. Nine cases of this one left. Wineaccess.com slash ham. 20% off. Go do it right now. Order yourself a bottle of Pinot. Or whatever you love. Whatever you love. Or whatever you love. They got the best. They got the best. Butcherbox.com slash ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off, right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season-long 
more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Okay. A uh, bunch of stuff to dive into today, John. So let's start with Fred Warner. Contract extension. Lock him up. Um, $595, million in guarantees. And uh, I don't think there was much drama on this one, right? Trent Williams, as an example, was a free agent. This is an extension. Trent Williams was a free agent, and that was a lot of drama. There was not a lot of drama here. However, anytime you have one of the best players in the NFL who is playing on a very team-friendly contract, until you get it done, it's just going to be a big deal, right? Will he get to free agency? Will you end up franchising him? Will he hold out? We've seen it a million times. And somehow with the Niners, like with Kittle and with Fred Warner, some of their best players have been pretty drama-free, but it's not necessarily, maybe drama is not the right word, it's been less dramatic than it could be, um, you know, for Kittle and now this year for Fred Warner. Well, and wouldn't you say it typically, it, it can get ugly when a guy is a non-top pick because they haven't made the money, right? And I'm not saying Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald held out and they were top 15 picks. I mean, Khalil was the fifth overall pick. So it can happen to anyone, but it made sense. Michael Thomas, was it two years ago, was like a second round pick. He's like, I want my, I want my bread. As they say, I want my bag. Give me the bag. Bag but alert. Like, you know, Major bag he, he, alert. <laughs> Well, that's when you're making third, fourth, fifth round money, that's would make sense. But here's what the Niners think about this guy. They have truly benefited the last two years from signing, you know, we'll see how Bosa comes back, but they're two best players over the last really three years, Fred Warner, George Kittle. If you average how much money they will make over the life of their time with the Niners, let's hopefully these guys are lifelong or, you know, in their primes, you know, seven, eight, ten years, whatever. Those first three years were so cheap. And then because of the positions they play, which to me is kind of nuts and a little antiquated, like, I don't know about you, but I've watched Navarro Bowman or Bobby Wagner or these guys, uh, Ray Lewis in his prime, they can take over a game. They make every fucking tackle in the run game. They're all they pick balls off like Luke Keekley. Like, okay, a pass rusher is worth $25 million a year. Well, if I get the best middle linebacker, that guy has close to that value. Yet their money of real dollars, and you and I are big believers in you can give me the fluff number, but like you can say Miles Garrett signed for 200 million. The number that truly stood out was like, damn, they gave him $105 million. Yeah. Or damn, Joey Bosa got all this money. He got, a, I think it was like $102 million. That is a lot of real money. Remember Khalil Mack when at the time got 90. I was like, damn, this is close to quarterback money. And really some of the non like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Khalil was way more than the Derek Carrs and the Garoppolo's and the, even like the Cousins, like he was getting more money. So it was a lot of cash. They have gotten two guys that I'm pretty sure Kittle was like $30 million. This guy's 40.5 guaranteed. You're talking 70 overall for two guys. Because listen, it's 
the game is violent and guys can get injured and then they're not the same player. We know that. So they are on the hook for their two best players for not that much money. And part of it is just there's just some luck involved that, one, they nailed two picks that were non-first and second rounders, so the guys were cheap. And then they play positions that just are based on comps that are... Like Travis Kelsey, you can't convince me, is the best contract in the NFL. You, you can't convince me otherwise. He, he, he catches 100 balls a year. He's the arguably the second best player on the, the second best team in the league. He dominates. No one can cover him. And he makes a quarter of like what Amari Cooper makes in guaranteed money. How does that make any sense, guys? It well, it doesn't. And I don't understand. I mean, I do understand it's hard for NFL players to create a change. But it's like, wild. would you rather have it, would you rather have Joey Bosa hundred guaranteed or Fred Warner forty guaranteed? It's not even a question. It's not. I mean, and Jimmy Garoppolo's got seventy four guaranteed. So there's your seventy but, million. But right I didn't even put one hundred percent. I didn't no, put quarterbacks in their own category. But if you're just going to play deep defensive players, Jalen like, Ramsey, seventy million. Yeah. So Jalen's awesome. Von but Miller, just was at the price point. 70. In practical guarantees, not guaranteed at signing. But that's what we're talking about here with Fred, right? Forty and a half is his practical guarantees. Yeah, it's money that he's really going to see. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat, Mr. Ortaza, says Waller is so cheap for the Raiders. That's another one. But that's not – but, like, Kelsey's been paid multiple times now, and he's still cheap. That's what's crazy yeah. about it. And, and, and Waller and Waller signed a deal well before he became a star. It was, like, smart business, really, on the Raiders' part. Yeah. But now he's at a point in time where, back to what you said originally, like, the Niners haven't had to deal – if I was Darren Waller, it's not crazy if you're just like, I'm not showing up to training camp till we rework this deal, right? Because even if you rework it, it's like, you're, I'm not going to cost you $100 million. Give me 25 guaranteed or whatever, right? Yep. I'm not even asking for that much. Which may And that's what it. the Niners have been lucky. Like, Bowman and Willis, their two best players over a 20-year span, were middle linebackers. It always seems to happen with them. The fact that they've got a linebacker and a tight end as two of their best players, not like two corners, saves them a lot they, of money. Well, they haven't had a corner. Re- Alden never made it. Alden never got there, and they never had a receiver. If Ayuk, right, or Debo, like maybe that could happen. Feels like more, more so Ayuk could become yeah. if one of but them. But you're still a long it. way away from that, right? Yeah, you're a long way away. Second year. I mean, they paid Trent Williams left tackle. That's premium. But as you yeah. you were saying to me before the podcast, it, it would have been one thing if he was 26 years old and it came time to pay Trent Williams, right? You agree? He would have got way more than what he got. Absolutely. If he was <laughs> yeah. And he and they had to, you know, there was a war for him. I know. Um, even quarterback. Even quarterback, right? Like, yeah. you don't love paying Jimmy Garoppolo $22, $26 million next year or whatever it is this year. But at the end of the day, you can walk away from it. Kaepernick's they contract, could have cut him for nothing this year, guy. Kaepernick's contract was team was a friendly. Joke. Yeah, um, was a joke. I guess maybe Alex's rookie contract, but that's pretty much out of your control. So it's it's wild. I think the other thing, too, is I, like— I did, I did talk with someone with the Niners kind of saying, like, God, you guys are getting—they're like, well, I mean, let's— if Nick comes back, like we think he's going to, just wait. You know, well, that's, that's something next, where yeah. you don't have like there's no team friendly deal. One with the Bosa's and two just with that position. Well, Bosa's not showing up to camp. You would think without setting a record. You would. Do if you think he holds out by? His, do you think he holds out by next year, going into year four? Yeah, I mean it's tough, right? If he doesn't like play a full season or is hurt, but if he just has the year that he's capable of having. I got to think you've got to either you've got to pay him or you'll eventually pay him because he holds out. But the only way he's not holding out is if he gets the record, you know, a record level I mean, or type 
neighborhood contract. 15 sacks, or, you know, let's just say 15 sacks, and he's in the mix for deep, deep boy. Are we talking $105 million right off the talking bat? Talking more than Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah, a healthy year. So, you know, the other thing about Fred... Do you, really quick, I don't want to jump the gun here. The thing about Fred, like he doesn't miss any time. Like I'd already be a little nervous, even if Nick has a doesn't miss a game. Like just look at his history. Like even Kittle. The good thing about Kittle is like I, I don't have trust that he can just play like three straight years, seventeen games. But I'm not paying him that much. Right. Right. The hard part is once you get, and that's even Fred. Like oh, Fred missed a couple games. He's, I'm not. The pressure on Nick that would be. I mean, close to triple Fred is like, I can't afford to have you miss much time. Right. I know. It's already a problem with Joey. I know. That's where the Niners are lucky. Like, 40 is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I would die for $40 million. But in the NFL, like, Amari Cooper got $60 million two years ago. And this is a... This is not a first-round pick. That's the other thing that makes it feel so valuable, Right. It's Navarro-esque, right? Third round pick, just you hit a superstar. And it feels like like Who's Navarro. A good guy, people like him. Yeah, and that, right? I think John Lynch said that, like just leader your deep the whole thing. Total total package is what Fred Warner is. And he's perfect for the NFL he plays in. Did you see the um next gen stats like two weeks ago on NFL.com produced like the top ten um coverage stats? No. And it was like, you know, you had to have three hundred reps. And then you had to have at least 40 targets in coverage. And then it had a whole formula with like, you know, how many, what, what the, the catch rates, like how many catches you gave up in coverage and the passer rating against you and all that. And it was nine cornerbacks and Fred Warner on the list, on the rankings. It was Xavier Howard was one. Um, uh, Jair Alexander. So you just said? Yeah. Yeah. No, I said Jalen. Was he in the. Jalen was Jaylen not range? ahead of. You know, again, this is where you go. Well, is, does this mean he's better than that guy? Not necessarily. I forget who was three. The, maybe the Packers. Packers have a corner who might have been. Well, Jair three. Alexander is the Packers corner. Uh, uh, maybe the Dolphins. Have, whoever was three was three. Oh, was he a Bronco? Maybe. And then Fred Warner was four. I mean, Casey Hayward was up there. He's had a good couple year run. I don't even know what team he's on now, but. But the point is, like, in, in for the modern NFL, yeah. this guy just has a skill that's. Well, I have position. a couple friends. I have a couple friends in the NFL that don't quite understand because most people openly talk about how uh, the linebacker position is not as valuable. Obviously, as left tackle, uh, pass rusher, sweet corner, and it's like maybe guys like us out here are jaded. But I've had a front row seat for Bowman, Willis, and just now this guy, and they dominate the game. Like they just dominate the game, and it's not just like. Just filling the hole against uh, the A-gap run. No, like you said, he covers, I don't know, what does every team have now? Tight ends and catching running backs? Like, it's this guy is, like, honestly, Luke Keekley, I feel a little bad. He would have been so dominant in, like, the more the game spread out. Like, he came in when it was still really physical, and he was awesome. Which he fits that, too. Can you imagine him right now? I mean, he was... He would have been sweet. Ray Lewis. Like, these guys that already were big and physical and can handle the run... Like, can you imagine peak Bowman in 2021? He would look like fucking Giannis out there. He'd be like, he's killing people. And John, he was back then. John, on the uh, stream, I forgot to share the uh, video with you, but just go to the YouTube. You'll be about 10 seconds behind. Actually, I can share it with you. Hold on. One sec. Just for, but since you mentioned, uh, you know, if you're going to mention Navarro Bowman, I mean, we have to talk about John. Uh, pick of the stick. 
Yeah. There we are. Yeah. For people who have missed it, this is, you know, we haven't talked about this in a while. You go look at Navarro's, you go look at the pick of the stick, and uh, Haberman and Middlecoff are right there, right there on the sideline, watching it all happen. Anyway, I could use that uh, body mass index, <laughs> that percentage. Uh, we have to bring that photo back again. Anyway, no, but you're right. I mean, it's, it, there, there are only a handful of guys you would say, I'm sure we could ask. Somebody who played 10 years ago and they could name us or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, right? There's always a few guys that could play in every era. But here's what we know about Fred Warner. He's perfect for this era. And the other thing, you said it. We probably haven't spent as much time on this. This is something John Lynch mentioned. It also makes you feel really good when when he's you know one of the leaders of your team. When your best players are your leaders. It's just that puts your team in a really unique position. Well, when I ran into the gym, at the gym with Romanowski probably within the last couple months, and he showed me the Bill Walsh playbook from like 88 when he was a rookie, I asked him, like, would you have struggled in today's NFL? He's like, no, I was one of the faster cover linebackers when I came in. That was part of my deal. I think he, because he was so tough, we viewed him as like, God, Romanowski was made for like the 60s and the 70s. He actually could run and cover. He's like, I would have died to play now. Check, I'll check tight ends till the cows come home. A lot of guys, when I came into the NFL, it's crazy how much things have changed in 10 years. We had two things that were very specific, and every team did. A two-down mic that, that, that does not exist anymore. Because right. it's like, they're going to run on first and second down, pass on third. And change of pace running back, a.k.a. a guy that you would put in in a passing situation. It's like, what the fuck? No one talks like that anymore. You, who would want a mic to only play the run? That guy's really kind of useless if you play teams that throw it 75% of the time. And a running back that can't catch? Like, honestly, if you notice the last couple years in the draft, if you can't catch and you're a higher-rated guy, people question you. Like, I don't know if I'd want this guy. Ah, uh, he can't catch. And That's, the irony is, remember, that was, a knock on, that was a knock on uh, Ronald Jones with the Bucks. Like, can he catch? Right, because I thought he was going to be a really good player, but you want him to be a guy, and I think he's been okay. But because my comp to him, I remember was like Jamal Charles, and people were like, "Well, Jamal Charles was made to catch." Yeah, and he, Jamal Charles is a guy way ahead of his time. LT, right? Christian McCaffrey. It's why he's such an elite player right now. You got to be able to do it all, and that's where Fred Warner. Like, if you play Christian McCaffrey, who's running around after Christian McCaffrey? I mean, I, you know, Josh Jacobs had forty-five targets. Last year. So you got to be able to catch. Right? And that's not even close to Dalvin Cook at 54. Gio Bernard at 59. I'm not going in order. I'm just jumping around. James White at 62. David Montgomery had 68 targets. Kamara, Kamara had 107. Zeke had 71 targets. Like, if you had to guess, if you can say healthy, Clyde this year, could he get 90 targets? Edwards Hilaire? Yeah. How many games did he play last year? I mean, one, two, up. three. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple eight, eight target games. Just looking at his game log. How many 50, total targets? Fifty-four. So seventy-five to eighty is probably not out of the realm of possibility. No, because I think you would see on a conservative level, we could just say, yeah, five, five, five a game, game is eighty-five. Oh yeah, with the extra game, huh? Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Um. I'm going to steal this from Michael Lombardi because I think it's really, really, I think it's just true. And we've seen it on the opposite end with the Raiders for years, right? Their middle linebackers are so terrible. When your middle linebacker is slow, your defense is slow. 
And when your middle linebacker is fast, your defense is fast. That doesn't mean every guy on your team's fast, but you do feel faster. Right. Right? Right. When you watch the Bears, why do their deep Roquan and Trevathan are flying around fucking like crazy men? Well, think about right? it. They're, uh, they're the fulcrum of the deep, meaning like they're the, they're the person that's closest to the quarterback and closest to the safety, right? Yeah. In theory. They're everywhere. I mean, they, they change your defense. And I come from an org. You know, I don't come from an organization. I worked for Davis High School. Yeah, the the Eagles they do fundamentally do not believe in middle linebackers. I, and one of the Eagles guy I tweeted said just to put in Fred Warner's uh, contract into perspective, the Eagles paid a total of five million dollars on a hundred ninety eight million dollar cap last year to linebackers. And I I think it's a mistake. <laughs> I'm in the process of trying to do a TBT post with our uh, our photo. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, okay, John. Uh, well, this also leads us to to a discussion about the Niners' core. I mean, you know, it's obvious that they need Trey Lance to be ready to roll in 2022, given Jimmy's money. And as you said to me, we're talking about it like need him to be ready. Like he's playing one way or the other. But they really are a quarterback-ready core. When you think about how talented it is, I don't know. I mean, we can start going through all the teams in the league. And well, guy, like, part of it is what they, what they paid for him too, right? For Trey Lance, right? For, for regardless yeah. of what Jimmy's getting paid, no, <laughs> yeah. totally. They didn't invest dollars in him, but they invested capital. It's all in some ways, it's all the same. You have there are a few ways you can do things. One is with money. One is with draft picks. Um, Warner, Bosa, Kittle, Trent Williams, and I'd say Ayuk and Debo. While they're cheap, like this team is just very quarterback ready. I, you know, your 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 star core is Warner, Bosa, Kittle, right? Trent also, but in terms of like in their primes, like you got three guys at three key positions. If Trent's healthy, though, he's a prime player, even though he's yeah, he's, he's in his prime plus, right? Yeah, an extended prime. But it's it, you, when, when I just take a when I took a step back today, and you look at what everyone can see, but you just go, just take these four, five, six guys, and just stack them up with the best four, five, six non quarterbacks on every team. They match up. They match up. I mean, four of those guys are elite at their position. Like four of those guys are now. I guess Bose is a you know he's got to be healthy, but you're talking about all pro level players. Well, if this was the NBA, you go they would be a lock to be in the Final Four. But as we know in the NFL, you can have the sweetest core guys, top four or five players on your team. If one of them is not your quarterback, you are not a lock to do anything, right? And I still think for the Niners quarterback situation feels a lot better because just they have a real backup in theory, right? A guy that is really, really way more talented than the other guys. We don't know. We saw Jimmy last year when he played was not good, and we have no clue with Trey Lance, right? I, I, I was talking to Coward last week, and we were talking about Jordan Love. And he was like, do you think he's ready? Or do you, He's like, do you think there's any way they could know that he was ready? And I was like, well, I went to Niner practice with you you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, a month ago. And I think most of the practices, talking to some of my friends around the NFL, like OTAs are kind of, I mean, they call it a joke relative to what it used to be. I'm like, I don't think there's any way possible you come away from an OTA practice with a with a young quarterback, beside like his physical talents, right? You just, his, his how big he is, him running around and arm strength and going like, I know this, we could win a game with a guy that's never played in a game. Cause you like, you have no clue what he looks against the pass rush. You have no clue a guy that's never been sacked in the NFL, how he's going to jump up. Like 
there is the questions just don't get answered, right? Like yeah. we were at practice and everyone I I've told everyone, whether it's just a random golfing buddy or on text chains, like I think Trey Lance looked pretty good physically, but like, can he just pick apart a defense in an NFL game? Like, I don't know. And there's no way for Kyle to know that now. And they will not know just like they will know when we know everyone's going to know at the same time, it's going to happen in a game. You will not know in this. Do you agree? This practice setting with a quarterback, there is a, there's a ceiling to what you can learn. You can learn intelligence and him understanding the offense, even the reads, but like what happens when Aaron Donald hits you in the sternum? And same with Jimmy. Like does Jimmy bounce back to the, you know, Lorenzo Neal, does pressure burst his pipe or does it make him a diamond again? Like, does he play really well? Does he handle the pressure well? Or does he like press? I, I don't know. Just again, body language doctor judging him at practice. It, it looked like he had a little pep in his step. Like I'm fucking, I'm not, you're not just going to throw in it. You should. He's prideful. He's been in the league a while. He learned from Tom. He's had success individually. But that, to me, their question at quarterback, no, their core is awesome, right? I mean, think how many teams in the league would trade their top non-quarterback three or four players for that group, right? No, no one would argue that. But if your quarterback play, the Niners were a playoff team last year. The problem is their quarterback play was like two-win level. Yeah, that's the beauty of a great quarterback is it, is it overcomes some of that stuff, right? Can. Yeah, like the Bills. The Bills. Like, can you name four non-Josh Allens that are better than what the Niners have? Probably yeah, not. I mean, you'd go. Diggs, but they got Josh Allen, right? Yeah. If you're going to make their who who are their core four? Diggs. I think they have an offensive tackle uh, starts with a D that they or Hawkins Dawkins. I think that they like they extend. Yeah, Deion Dawkins. D, uh, the dude that was their second round pick a few years ago. Did uh, Gronk body slam Tredavious White's really Tredavious good White, the their first round pick, yep. So, I mean, they got... They got Ed Oliver? Right there. I think he's underachieved a Jerry little bit. Jerry Hughes? But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I... You know... I'm sure a Bills fan could... Maybe they just go with... Maybe Gregory Rousseau's a baller this year. I'm sure a Bills fan could give But you know what I'm saying? Too, like, their trump yeah. card is... Because they're... I think they have some holes... They're gonna if he stays healthy and plays like he did. They're a twelve win lock because of him, and that's where I go back to like I'm bullish on the Niners, and I, they should be a playoff team. But we do. I mean, Jimmy's more of a known when he's healthy than uh, Trey is. If he has to play, he is a complete unknown until he plays a game. Like Kyle is gonna learn as you, me, and every single person learns on their couch, right? Yeah. Same with one day with Jordan Love. Like, eventually, well, it's not a lock. If I was the Packers, I'd just try to ride out Aaron Rodgers as possible. But let's say they give in. They say, Aaron, show up. We 100% swear to God, we'll fucking put it on paper. We will trade you after the season. They'll be like, God, I really like how Jordan's mature. They will not know till he plays. You, you can't. Right? That's what I give Ted Thompson credit. Like, now, I, I do think it was probably in practices. 15 years ago, it, you know, also three the red years the, of it, you know, the the red Jersey was like, you know, and looking back like Mahomes and probably Rogers were doing some things in practice. Like, Hey guys, I've never seen that. I've been in the league 20 years, like a random assistant coach. I've never seen this. Right. Also your team was, yeah, that, yeah. And your team was set up to support a quarterback, a young quarterback too. Right. The but Packers. still like Rogers got a shot and he was just clearly, 
He could take a hit. Well, I he went and watched scramble. his first start the other day. He threw his first touchdown in his third year, like in relief. But his fourth year, his first start? Week one. Week right? one. His Can you first, imagine the pressure on him? His first touchdown pass. It was Monday Night Football, I think. Monday Night or Sunday Night Football. His was first touchdown pass. It's like a, you know, they had the ball on the one-yard line. But it's like backpedal, backpedal, dude at his feet, sidestep. Dude coming at him, sidearm, goes by one linebacker, tight window coverage, DB can't hit it down. I mean, it was an incredible throw, an incredible throw. And it was just like, would I have known then if I had seen that? Probably not. Um, because but you know, you know right away, you players, go, this guy's talent's immense. Yeah, but those are the moments, right? The moments is not what makes a great player. It's the consistency of the moments, right? Every quarterback that's played in the league a couple of games, probably not every quarterback, but most of them have a couple of plays that make you go, holy hell. It's one, the consistency, though. That what One thing Mike Tomlin said that Monty Kiffin taught him, that any coach worth their salt can get a C player and make him a B player, right? A solid backup. And Tomlin's like, you know, we as coaches, we love getting pride. Like, our backup started for a month, and he was good. Like, yeah, any, any coach can do that. Can you take an A player and have him play an A game every week of the season for years on end? Like that is, and it goes back to like, you've always said about Phil Jackson or Joe Torrey, like we act like coaching great players is easy. It's actually not. It's why a lot of guys get fired when they coach great players that can't handle it. Like most coaches at a pretty high level can take like a solid guy and coach him up. Now he's got a ceiling, but can you take, a sweet dude and make him a star year in, year out. You just high level guys consistently dominate. And you, and I don't even know where I was going with this. Well, I'll add, I'll, I'll add to that, John, because it's also more pressure because expectations are higher, right? If you coach great players and you don't win a championship, there's pressure, right? You might lose fired. your job, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, the other thing I always say is no team has ever won a championship without great players. So it's I can't knock a coach who's got rings for coaching great players. The history of every sport, great players win championships. Like, oh, well, the Pistons didn't have great. Yeah, the Pistons, you know, Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince. And okay, they weren't. That's not MJ or Hakeem or, uh, uh, you know, Dirk. That was a great. Those are great. Ben Wallace. Like, those are great. Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups. I mean, right. <laughs> so that team was a little different in terms of like they weren't three number ones like we see sometimes now. But that was a damn, damn good team. Great play. Think about their two there. coaches were Larry Brown and Rick Carlisle. I mean, they were a pretty high-level group, right? Yeah. Even like but somebody was – I was texting with our buddy AJ. He's like uh, about the Bucks. He's like, are they a big three? And I said no because I think a big three is like, you know, multiple A1 A A like leader stars, right? Like you wouldn't take Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday and take – Obviously, number a number one. Giannis is a number one, but those two guys on two other teams as number ones, those two teams are not also competing, like truly competing for the championship. But they're also like all stars. Like they're pretty, you know, all stars in a sport where not a lot of people make the all star team in basketball. I think Middleton's actually pretty damn good. Well, well, well yeah, well, maybe he, yeah, maybe he is like yeah. an A. I don't know, but I don't know if he's an A, but he's like a B plus. He's, he's fantastic. Good. That's and that's my yeah. point. Is at first I was like nah, and then you start thinking about it, like well. Pretty damn good. But that's what it takes to win a championship. It takes great players and luck. But, the, but back to your original, like they got great players in basketball. Like 
without Giannis, without Steph, without LeBron, without Kevin Durant, you got no fucking chance to win the championship. And I think in football, you can have sweet core guys, but if your quarterback is not, if your team is incredible, you can get by with like B minus quarterback play. That's, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy had A games, but overall his 19 season was probably like a B. Like you can do that a B if you're, the rest of your team is like A's. The 49ers are going to need, at minimum, probably like B to B-plus quarterback play these next couple years to be competitive. The, the Bills last year, AFC Championship, well, their quarterback play was an A. The Chiefs, the last four year, three years since Mahomes got there. Like, before they were like, what would you say? Alex would, would be anywhere from like a B-minus to B-plus. But their team was loaded. Then they get Mahomes, and it's like their team was still loaded, and boom, they get A quarterback play. They're like, oh, 15-1, and 14-2. So the Niners, like, you could, to me... If their quarterback play is average, they're still right around 500, which is possible this year, right? Who knows? Maybe Jimmy turns out just isn't that good or just is limited and Trey is just a year away, which is, do you agree that? Like it's not, it is, it's going to come down to me to that position. And I I got question marks just as, as Kyle does, just because there's no way to know for Trey. Absolutely not. It'd be like if Aaron Rodgers, like back to Jordan Love, if Aaron Rodgers had an injury, Let's say he had a terrible ankle sprain and he was going to miss five games. You have no fucking clue what their offense is going to look like with Jordan Love. None. It could be a disaster or it's like, damn, this guy's pretty good. And I think that would be the same. The moment Trey gets his start, you'd be like, we'll see. Even if you're bullish on him, as people are, I am. But that, those first, it's hard. And there's a difference between looking promising and being ready to win. Those are two different things, too. Especially like, okay, you can look promising against a bad team and pull it off because the other parts of your team. It's hard to be a promising player against if you're playing like the Rams or Seattle. Like, it's going to be tough yeah. on the road with fans. It's They're loud. good too. You can't hear. Yeah. They got good players David, too, all right? As David Cully once told me when we were playing the Bills back when the Bills sucked, he's like, they got Lamborghinis and big ass cars in their parking lot too. <laughs> Such a good line. Such a good line. All right, John, let's tell the people before we move on about TrueNiogen.com slash ham, promo code ham, TrueNiogen, T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com slash ham, promo code ham for 10% off. TrueNiogen fuels the body's energy engines, maintains cellular metabolism, and even supports heart health. Guy, do you ever feel drained after a hike, a bike ride, maybe some weight training? A nap? A nap? Well, if you do, not anymore. True Niagen. It fuels the body's energies. It's, you know, your energy, your engine, maintains cellular metabolism, and even supports heart health. I said that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've taken True Niagen. It helps giving me more energy. I know, especially after I work out, if I feel drained, sometimes I don't sleep that well. It's like, Mm. I need some energy. We got to do a podcast. I have more zest for life. Uh, and it more vitality just every day. You just you just feel better. Right now, new customers can save 10% on their first purchase by going to trueniagen.com slash ham. Use the promo code ham. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N, trueniagen.com slash ham, promo code ham. Save 10% on your first purchase. Trueniagen.com slash ham, promo code ham. Trueniagen is a supplement that's clinically proven to boost NAD levels. An essential coenzyme required for cellular energy and repair. Like John said, trueniagen.com slash ham, code ham. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, One of my favorite running interviews, I know you get a great entertainment out of it too, is just Tom Brady weekly with Jim Gray, John. Just Monday Night Football, you're cruising in the car, you're listening to Harlan. Bam! Tom Brady calls in. From the dinner table, here's what I'm thinking. First half adjustments. How are you feeling after the game on Sunday? Well, he did a Q&A with, with uh, Jim Gray, and they talked. Jim Gray asked him about his comments that you know we talked about a ton uh, on HBO, where he talked about, you're going with that guy? Uh, and he asked him more about it. And Jim asked him, do you want to clarify who you're talking about? And uh, Tom's answer was, the teams I'm talking about know who they are. And Jim Gray was like, they, they do? They know who they are? And Tom goes, yeah, they know who they are. They, they know who was interested. Everyone has the choice to choose. What you realize is there's not as many smart people as you think. It'd be a no-brainer to go get Wayne Gretzky, to go get Michael Jordan. But, nah, we don't need him. We're good. That's what happened with Tom. So uh, the last part where I said that's what happened with Tom is not Tom's quote. But he said, nah, we don't need him. We're good. Kind of making fun of the teams who kick the tires. And you remember when Brady's first comment on the barbershop came out, we were like, ah, oh, who's he talking about? Is it Carr? Is it Jimmy? Is it Tannehill? Who's he talking about? Well, this is not him talking about a team. This is him talking about everybody that kicked the tires and moved forward with other plans, which we know the Niners did. So the point here, there's no debate now that 49ers are included in this comment. Do you agree, though, on the shop clip, the way he was talking to them, he was picking an individual, even though I think it represented everyone kind of turned him down. Yes, I think he had somebody in mind. I give Florio credit back when this played out. He kept saying, like, what is his market? And and it gets back to, I think, Tom going, how did all these teams with questionable quarterback situations, I'm fucking Tom Brady. Now, it, I completely understand where Tom's coming from because he is is 100% right. And this is how really just athletes in general. You and I have been around just a lot of them. Not, you don't even need to be around a Hall of Famer. It could be a, you know, I'm not saying Doug Christie talks like, you just, whoever. And you'd be like, can you check that guy? Hell yeah, I checked that guy. I've been checking it. I checked his ass for a decade. And that's how they communicate. 
And these are just role players in the pros, right? Or just solid players. How do you think like John Elway or Dan Marino talk when they're just like at the beach with a buddy having a Coors Light? <laughs> that guy, you see Josh Allen? Do you know what I would have done in the league right now? Like I, I don't, it's refreshing to hear him talk like this just because I would say him and Peyton. Rodgers, I think, has given us a little more insight over the years just because his personality, where those guys do kind of stick in the corporate lane, I guess is a way to put it. Like they just, it's not worth it for them to say something and it becomes, Tom really has just let it all fly. I mean, I just don't think he gives a shit about anything. That's actually why I think him and Phil are such perfect partners whenever they play together. They both are kind of similar. Would you agree? Like they just, at this point in time in their career, I watched so him. Rich. It's funny you say that. I watched that interview and thought, wait, is he getting some of this from Phil? That's what I felt like. Because he like looked directly into the camera. It was awkward. I'm like, I think he's getting some of this from Phil. That's what it felt like yeah. to me. Yeah, just let it go. You know, I, the one thing I would nitpick with him is it's not like Jordan, as it turns out, right? Michael had been retired for three years, came back to the Wizards at, what was he, 38, 39 years old? Someone else will have to educate me a little on Gretzky, how it ended with Gretzky. I think Gretzky was pretty good at the end, but Gretzky wasn't in his 40s. MJ most certainly was not 43. Michael came back, played for the Wizards, who he partly owned, right? And they were under 500 both years. They, were thir- they won like 35 games. So the league was right. And now Michael was averaging 22. Don't get me wrong. But the league was more wrong about Tom than they were about MJ. Now, I don't know. I don't quite remember. Could MJ have just played for anybody? Or was he going to play for the Wizards no matter what? Tom almost does himself a disservice here. Obviously, with Michael, right? We're talking about the greatest athletes of all time. But Michael at the Michael's last few years, and who knows? Maybe we're not watching Tom's last few years. I mean, the Bucks are getting a ring, their rings on Thursday night. It's Tom's seventh ring, John. Is it Tom's last ring? Or is Tom gonna get an eighth ring? Like I was thinking about that when I saw Tom tweet, like, getting our rings tonight. Well, is it his last ring? Might not be. Well, I saw I, I saw Guerrero, you know, is uh Yeah. Alex. No tra- no trainer has to like you see that clip a couple of weeks ago, it might have been like last week, where he was throwing uh the balls to his like kids or yeah, his nephew. Yeah. Did you see the guy like in the middle of the field? It was Alex. Like yeah. Alex goes everywhere I with know. him. He was on Schefter's pod. I didn't listen, but I saw the clip that Schefter posted, like, yeah, I see him at least playing this year and next year. Like he's got two more years minimum in him. Like they are going to be in the mix for the championship these days. It's not inconceivable that he gets to eight, right? Nope. If you, if they're the favorites. You, no one, no one would NFC. think you're weird to say that, that minimum they're in the NFC Championship, hosting the NFC Championship game right. this year. Gretzky, yeah, was his last year. He was 38, but he was an All Star, 36, 37. His last two of his last three years, but he was like stat wise looking. He was a shell of himself. Like in his peak, he was scoring like 70, 80 goals, points. I heard some. I heard someone's. Goals, points, no. like oh, his, his, peak, his, his assists. Goals. Yeah, his assists yeah. were outrageous. His his points, like he was over two hundred. I heard someone say when did he win the fantasy sport? How about the Pearson? Uh, did he win the Ross? Did he no, win the nothing Bing? late. He won the Bing. That's a good, good knowledge there. His last year I've, winning the Bing was ninety four. 
But when fantasy sports, I think, became something in like early 80s in baseball, hockey, basketball, football, Wayne Gretzky would come like you could only get like buy a Bitcoin, right? You don't have to buy the whole thing. You get a quarter of it and you would get like you, you could buy 50 percent of Wayne's points. Like you because you he disrupted the whole league Gretzky. if somebody had him. Wasn't fair. Yeah, that's pretty outrageous. I mean, that doesn't happen for the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. It doesn't happen in really other sports now. Maybe Barry Bonds had a moment where he was probably on a different level, right? But they he was hit, yeah. But hit. he was on another level. But you could, if you were playing fantasy baseball, you could have a guy that hit fifty-five home runs and another guy that hit, you know, maybe not fifty-five, but you know, yeah. There were guys hit when he was hitting yeah, seventy. Could. Guys were yeah. hitting fifty. Yeah. So you could have because fifty became the new like thirty-seven. Right. But I just uh, that was my one thought with Tom. A, he's talking about everybody. He's talking about the night. He's talking about everybody. But B, he's selling himself. As cocky as it is to hear him say that, you wouldn't do this to Michael, you wouldn't do it to Wayne, and I'm with you. I loved hearing him say it. Um, I think he's actually kind of selling himself a little short. He's ending better than those guys did. Uh, yeah. If this is the end, I don't know how far we are from the end. But Well, there's still, you know, I mean, he's he's flirting more and more every year that goes on with the whole argument of father time. But if his arm keeps moving, he's never been predicated on moving around, so what really changes, Right. If his arm stays 95% of what it's been, he's not predicated on running. So as long as he's healthy, now they claimed he had an MCL injury, which I, or torn MCL. As someone with a torn MCL, like I, you can't, I don't believe that. Maybe he dinged it up like late. They claimed he played the whole season with that. I, I'm going to call bullshit on that, like trying to add to the legend, but he is, I mean, he could get hurt. Like just, and I'm even talking like a broken leg. Right, but the question I think consistently. My question always, for Tom is: If he did have a major injury, would he come back, or would he just be done? Come back. That's pretty nuts. He'd come back. You tell me he tears ACL and he comes back. I don't think like, he'd go out like that. He's a maniac. Boy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's because uh, I was listening to this golf podcast and they were asking like, could Colin Morikawa win eight majors? This guy who covers golf was like, well. We say that a lot, like about every non-Tiger, right? And we say that about Rory. And now when you listen to Rory talk, it feels like he doesn't even like golf that much because your life just becomes this like business entity. And I think any guy in sports, once the huge money comes, and I listen, I mean, on a lower level, like I think we feel it sometimes just doing this. Like once you become work in anything where you're generating money, it's no longer what it wasn't to you before the cash. And it's like Rory just became numb to it. All the money, just like a walking corporation. Like, why Phil, Tiger, Tom, Michael, deep down, you could have paid them a dollar. You could have paid them $100 million. They were fucking addicted to the sport. Absolutely. Like, he's like, you know, Phil won the championship, the PGA championship this year. He's like, at the Masters, I was there, and it was like a dusk. It was like dusk. It was like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at Augusta. Might have been like 7.30, actually. And he's like, there's not a soul on the property. And I look out at the practice range in the chipping area, Phil by himself with like a doing this towel drill chipping over it. And he's like, this guy is an addict, <laughs> right? And, and Tom, the, over, and I think Peyton was like this too, but his body just told, like, Peyton did not want to quit. And remember there were reports after the season, like he started reaching out to people and no one would touch, his like, arm was shot. Unless that happens to Tom, you're, you're probably right. Like, Tom ain't just... Tapping out. <laughs> I think we always say this. There, there's a small percentage, though, of true addicts. I have Jameis. I admire. 
If we judge I you admire, by how weird your drills are, Jameis. I but I admire you so much. Like I'm talking true addicts. Once you make an astronomical amount of money, like I listen, I'm not a big LeBron guy. I do respect his work ethic for his craft. At this point in time, he's so rich and he works so hard. Like that's how do you do it? It's undeniable. What are you doing it for? Yeah, I I um we we always say this though, John. What happens if Tom gets hurt? But what if he doesn't? Well, no, he does. he's been hurt once in twenty. What if he years? doesn't get hurt? Daniel on YouTube says you can play with that. I had two grade three ligament tears in the IDF. I don't know what that means. Uh, Israeli Defense Force. <laughs> I'd say there's a little more on the line. <laughs> I, I would imagine I if you asked some that. like some IDFs, some SEALs, like what are the injuries you battled through? It's probably a little higher threshold than if you get asked like the casual corner, like yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing through a torn MCL, <laughs> you know, because that shit, you know, guaranteed cash, homie. <laughs> I don't think you get that uh, that option on a mission, you know, when. Uh, when something goes, no, you, just you gotta don't. Pow- you just gotta power get, through. Find your way back to the huddle. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, we've had that going on today. They want to go to the SEC. I mean, I don't know what's going to stop them at this point, but uh, Pac-12, Pac-12. But here's the thing: if you're Texas, you gotta. If you're going to leave, you got to make a lot more money, right? That's why you would do this. I would love for them, Texas. Uh, all realignment started when Pac-12 tried to take Texas, but they've got to think about it. There, I, I, I was reading an article in the Athletic. The Big 12 team distribution was $40 million a team last year. Pac-12s was 33. SEC's was 45. But keep in mind, the SEC distributed $45 million per school. They got 14 schools. Big 12 distributed 40. They got 10 schools. So, and on top of that, Texas gets $15 million from its Longhorn network. So they've got a sweetheart deal. Like, it would take a lot for them to leave because they've got it all. They got everything they want. Now, SEC has an ESPN deal coming up in a couple years. Would they let them keep the Longhorn Network since it would be an ESPN-ESPN marriage? Maybe. Um, But I don't know. I I saw somebody said, like, Texas is, like, in the last 40 years, the number of good football seasons they've had is, like, but see, I, th- it is that's where people miss the point a little bit. Like totally. the Cowboys haven't sniffed an AFC or an NFC championship game in in two and a half decades. No one cares. They're the biggest brand in America. Like extreme outliers. Yeah, they 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 are a cash cow. Like I bet Washington over that period of time has had. Well, I mean Texas did win a national championship and go to another in a five year span, right? Yeah, like Jeff Schwartz asked me, do you think USC could pull off? like a Longhorn network the way Texas did. And my answer was... No. No chance. My answer is they could if they were a top five team. But Texas does it while being like not a top 25 team. And on the West Coast, you can't pull that off if you're not... Like our best on the West Coast, when you're the best, we can hang. Like the San Francisco Giants or the 49ers or USC football, like when they're competing for championships, it's as big as it is anywhere. But if you're not... Yeah, it's, no one cares. it's not like te- Texas as a mediocre program is massive, massive. Yeah. It's infinitely bigger than anyone in the Pac-12 when they are doing what Texas has been doing. Right. I would. Yeah, I would say an even more. That's not. And that at that level is not even a West Coast thing. That is yeah. the na- nationwide. It's just that's why Texas is the richest athletics department every year. I, but I, you agree, like I think Ohio State could pull that off. 
is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. a short list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Short list. Yeah. I um, I just wonder if the SEC do they need them? Like I would say that Oklahoma and Texas need the SEC more than the SEC would need them. That's where our guy George Kakalikov. Kleofkov, yeah, John. Kleofkov. When you see him next week, we want to talk to him, and we want Texas and Oklahoma in the Pac-12. That would be, and you could, here's the thing. If you're Oklahoma, you dominate right now, right? You have been, I've always said this, Oklahoma's, go to their football reference page and compare it to Texas, they have been way more consistently successful over like five decades. It's not even close. But Texas, bigger, whatever. I mean, Texas is may generate more money, but Oklahoma's more successful. Oklahoma goes to the SEC like they are no lock to ever get to the playoffs. It would be much harder. They would have to transition recruiting. They came to the Pac-12. It would be the same thing as going on the Big 12, right? They would win it. If you put Oklahoma this year in the Pac-12, you agree they would win the Pac-12. Maybe pretty easily. I mean, just like any football season. They'd have a couple tight games, but I'd say it would be an upset if they were not the heavy favorite in the Pac-12 championship game. And they know this. Is it, and for Texas, like Texas, you're struggling right now in the Big 12. You're going to go to the SEC. Now, there's a financial aspect, but do they bring something to make it bigger? I don't know. I hope George lands them, though. Because, again, I, I, it would sound stupid to say this out of my ass, but at once upon a time, I, we were texting about it earlier today, like, that's where this all started. The yeah, Pac-12, Pac-12 back Texas. when the Pac-12 was sweet with like Pete Carroll, Chip Kelly, they were going to land those, and Harbaugh land those guys. was like, damn, this thing's going to be a powerhouse. They were going to be the SEC before the SEC. And then it fell apart. But hey, just sometimes, you know, you've already, get, get, you've already taken them out to dinner before. <laughs> Take them out to dinner again. Go back to the well. I'm with you. It, it would immediately resurrect the relevance of the conference. And the Big 12 would be fucked. The Big 12 is F no matter where they those two go. Unless they keep them. Well, yeah, if they, if they keep them. But otherwise, they got eight, and then everyone else starts trying to poach the, them. And you know, what, happens like, to KU, what happens to KU basketball? They just go Notre Dame. Kansas, yeah, end up in the pack. <laughs> Baylor basketball is a power. I mean, Baylor? Their basketball programs are good. Yeah. And Baylor's five, good enough football. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Our Bryles had a run. Their head coach got a job with the Panthers. Rule. They've had some yeah. moments. Yeah. It's you don't need to be you don't not everybody can be a championship contender. But they have been, yeah. like a big twelve title contender. They have been. I'd say Texas Tech and like Kansas State would have like a whack type conference written all over. Not the whack, but yeah. like Mountain West level. You yeah. know. I guess the one thing Texas Tech has going for it is is it in this it is in the state of Texas. That would make them somewhat attract. I mean, that's their most attractive piece. Yeah, their basketball program. And basketball's good. good. And football's supported. Yeah. Right? Almost lost to Kansas last year, but Kansas played well that day. (laughs) We all watched. We all (laughs) see it. We all heard Haberman make the call. What was the final (laughs) score? Like 19 to 16? I don't think it was that high. Might have been. You, You have a better memory for that game than I do. But... Uh, I didn't watch you. I just checked the ESPN ticker. <laughs> I don't even. Was it on TV? Yeah, that's why I was there. <laughs> what channel? Oh, you're saying? I think did it? It was supposed to be an FS2. It might have got bumped to FS1 because somebody's game got COVID postponed. But I can't quite remember. Might have been on FS2. Do we? Do we have FS2 on Comcast? Yeah, yeah. Everybody has it. Just gotta easier to find if you say it into the microphone. Yeah. 
it's not around that little bundle of sports channels. No, it doesn't present itself to you in an obvious way, I wouldn't yeah. say. No. <laughs> He's got a mind for it. All right. All right, everybody. Anything else today, John? Uh, ha- have a great weekend. And uh, Keep it I up. guess mailbag. Mailbag coming. Podcast. Yep. Yeah, coming. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. See you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.